You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. So I have with me Ajit, like always, uh, my co-host. Uh, let me welcome him to get started. Hello, Ajit. Hi, Gide. How are you doing, man? Uh, not bad. Well, um, could have better weather these days, but unfortunately, you know, it's pouring uh, the last two, three days here. Um, so, yeah, could be better. Things mm-hmm. could be better. What about you? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's been a very wet last uh, three to four days. Has been very wet, uh, almost yeah. non-stop rain. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's uh, autumn is about to pass and we're about to head into winter. So days feel more colder than normal. So trying to get used to it, you know, usual stuff, mm-hmm. right? So going back to the cricket. Well, I think let's begin with the India Bangladesh T20 uh, series. Yeah. So you know, uh, India were uh, trailing one nil after the first T20 I. But they were able to make a comeback, win the next two and take the series 2-1. So, that's well done to the Indian team. But if you were to look at the two matches, the second one was in Rajkot, right, on the 7th of November. So, this one was won by India by eight wickets, thanks to a Rohit cyclone or a Rohit storm. You know, we were worried there will be probably a weather storm and the match might not even happen. But that was not the case. The Rajkot was hit by a Rohit storm, Giri. Yeah, yeah. He was also incidentally playing in his uh, 100 T20 international. That was his 100th match. So, the highest number right. of matches played by an Indian in T20 cricket. Uh, so, well done to Rohit for you know playing as many matches as he did. Uh, but what an innings. I think he made 80-odd runs. Uh, it's a pity that he got out, I think, in the 13th over. He had a very good chance to uh, convert his uh, score into 100. But, yeah, I think they were just blown away, like you said. So, I, I didn't watch the match fully, but I only saw the highlights. And, yeah, you, you see a huge gap there uh, in terms of the operating level between two top teams, two teams, one of them, you know, performing at the very best, I would say, even without the stalwarts like uh, Virat Kohli, for example. Um, so they're doing well, India. Yeah. And about Bangladesh, what do you think? Do, do you think they did well enough in this series to, uh, you know, make themselves, uh, you know, be proud of the, what they did, especially without their uh, star performer, uh, Shakib? For sure. Also, Tamim is missing. Yeah. But, you know, they'll probably rue a couple of. Um, couple of moments where if they had done a little better, probably the series could have been their own. So, for example, in the second T20i, you know, they had put uh, Khalil Ahmed to the sword in the initial spell and the fifth bowler of India was going to be very costly. So, in the four hours, they had taken a lot of runs as well. But, you know, um, here, they were not really able to put the match to bed when they were batting. So, they had reached a very comfortable 83 for 2 after 10 hours and you would expect from that stage that, you know, you would convert it to 180 or 190 or something. They only finished with 153 for 6. So, a lot of credit here goes to Deepak Chahar, who took 1 for 25, and uh, Yuzvendra Chahal, who took 2 for 28. And Washington Sundar has always been parsimonious. He's been very good, right? So, in T20s, and he took 1 for 25, right? So, these guys pulled the total back, and they were only able to make 153 for 6. You felt, you know, Mahmoudullah scored 30, and uh, Raheem failed, but there was nobody supporting them. So, those... Another two or three boundaries could have made a big difference. And if that crossed to 170 or 170 plus, that could have been a really big thing for them. They missed out. And then 
the way rohit sharma and shikhar dhawan started you know there was not going to be a lot of problems if this partnership crossed 50 or 60 which it did and they went on from strength to strength so you know by the time shikhar was out after making a sedate 31 in company of rohit sharma the match was sort of done the result was beyond comparison it was only what remained was to see if you know can they somehow uh, allow enough time that rohit makes 100 unfortunately he got out so there was probably also enough chances there were almost 30 runs left when he got out and he had 85 already so it was unfortunate that he got out and he could make 100 on his 100th t20 that would have been a very nice achievement so that meant india went into the decider one off and you know it was a fresh day a fresh match and this was at nagpur and nagpur has fairly big boundaries so in this case i think india made a small gamble taking only four uh you know frontline bowlers and backing on shubham dubey and maybe you know somebody else also in the 11 to chip in with a few overs right this could have been very very dangerous it was almost a strategy they were sort of banking on batting second or chasing down total we also know that nagpur can have some dew so all of these were probably in, on their mind but uh, bangladesh won the toss as it turned out and they elected to field first which would have been the right thing to do but uh, in spite of a not very positive start rohit sharma be getting out in second over and Shikhar Dhawan getting out in sixth over. KL Rahul played a very sedate innings to begin with, and then set the platform very beautifully. And Shreyas Iyer made a wonderful 62 of just 33 balls. This guy looks like an out-and-out hitter. He hit five clean sixes, all 90 meter plus sixes, right? And then in the end, Manish Pandey came out and sort of helped him finish uh, a strong total. So uh, 174 for five on a very big ground like this was about 10-15 runs, if not 20 runs above par. So. you know the fast bowling which always worked in the store as far as bangladesh was concerned alamin hussain was all right but mustafizur rahman and shafiul islam leaked a lot of runs and most importantly the off spinning bowler in both these matches were not allowed to bowl so rohit sharma in the second t20a had hit mosaddiq hussain for three sixes and in this uh, t20i shreyas iyer uh, took afif uh, hussain for three sixes in the 16th over of the match right so with that the momentum changed from uh, going at around you know yeah. seven runs an over suddenly india got that momentum and they were able to take it to beyond eight and eight and a half runs an over so that was a very crucial phase they capitalized really well but when it comes to batting up until about you know 10th over 11 12th over the match was on even keel right so new bangladesh batted beautifully basically it was naim who made 81 and then mithun who kept in company making 27 these both held up you know uh, the indian bowling and made a wonderful partnership so until you know mithun got out they were 110 for 2 at the end of 12 overs or 13 overs that meant you know this was a chaseable total they had enough chances there but unfortunately from that point in time the indian fast bowlers took over right for a change sundar was very very costly but khalil ahmed proved good he just gave away 27 in his four overs in a crucial chase even though yeshwinder chahal went for a lot of runs he took the wicket of mahmudullah and then well what do we talk about when he say you know chahal in such a high scoring match he took six wickets for just seven runs this is the best figures in a t20 international beat both men and women right and then he was wonderfully supported by the surprise package as far as the bowling was concerned it was shivam dube yeah yeah so rcb have done well have <laughs> they well, with shivam dube on their side anyway there are a lot of memes there you know uh, just to interrupt you uh, so lot of memes saying shivam dubey and uh, marcus tynes uh, as if we have found their finishing bowlers and what not oh yeah 
But talking about Shivam Dubey, I actually saw a YouTube clip of him uh, hitting, I believe, five sixes and over against the likes of uh, uh, Praveen Tambe. You know that leggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is in one of his Mumbai T leagues. So I saw him. He he looked like Yuvraj Singh. Uh, he hit like Yuvraj Singh. It was uncanny resemblance. But anyway, um, coming back to Indian batting innings, uh, crucially, Shreya Sayyab was dropped by Aminul uh, at point. The ball lobbed up to him and then he just yeah dropped it. It was a fairly easy chance mm-hmm. and he was batting mm-hmm. on zero at that point in time. And as we know, Shreya Sayyab made yeah the most important score in this match of 60-plus runs and also, crucially, those three consecutive sixes against that off-spinner. Uh, which ensured that India scored 170-plus instead of 150-155. So, I think Shreya Sayer uh, batted really well. Uh, and he is one of those guys who can bat at number 4, number 5, number 6. You give him any position in the team, I think he can do. Uh, but preferably, he should bat at number 4. So, when Virat Kohli comes back, uh, India will have a wonderful problem on their hands. Uh, KL Rahul is batting well for a change. Or he did well in this match. So, who are they going to drop uh, amongst these two guys? So, we'll see what happens in the future. Anyway, um, but... Um, so, I mean, if you if you talk about Deepak Chahar's bowling performance, he did not consider a lot of runs. Okay, so I think he bowled really well in the first power play when he bowled his first two overs. And then when he came back to bowl um, during the latter half of the Bangladesh innings, uh, he did not consider runs again. But uh, apart from, let's say, the last... One or two wickets, I would say it was. I mean, full credit to him getting for getting those wickets. It was also some very bad stroke play from Bangladesh. If you look, I mean, if you are really honest, it was just you know the one of those things that happens when people try to slog, and they get a top edge or you know ball floats down to the boundary, and then there's a fielder waiting there to catch it. Apart from that, Yorker that I remember with which he got the last wicket. Yeah, full full credit to him. Although, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't see that as the most uh, wonderful bowling performance. We have seen better performances with less rewards. But hey, looking at the wickets column, I think uh, everybody is happy. And then, um, coincidentally, three days after he picked up that hat-trick, he picks up another hat-trick uh, playing for Rajasthan. Uh, give me. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. It is not a hat-trick because uh, he bowled a wide. When? In between those balls. So... In that exact match that you're talking about, what has happened is he, he took a four wicket over. It was indeed a four wicket over, but there was a wide between those three balls. That basically means it's not a hat trick. So it was wicket, wide, wicket, wicket. So one of the rules for a hat trick to be counted is that the score cannot move in between. If for whatever reason, if it's not of consecutive balls, okay. if there's a dead ball or something okay. in between, it will mean that there is a chance that it will still be of three consecutive of three three balls, but if the score moves in between, it's not a hat trick. I have suffered it myself. Okay, so there should be no addition to the score in between deliveries. Okay, okay. No, no, okay. there can't be. So his was not a hat trick. So just a small correction, but nonetheless, well, I had a four actually have to blame. Right? That's uh, who is that guy? Rohan Gavaskar for this. Because I was watching this match today, <laughs> a oh, brief snippet of a match between uh, Mumbai yeah. and Puducherry. Uh, in that Syed Mushtaq Ali Trophy. Mm-hmm. And there he mentioned that uh, Deepak Chahar picked up another hat-trick today against, uh, I believe, Vidarbha. Uh, but anyway, so it is what it is, right? So you are right. Uh, okay. Uh, but um, I think it was also good to see Manish Pandey chipping in with those runs towards the end of the Indian innings. 
and he 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 made 100 mm-hmm. play, playing in that sayed mushtaq ali trophy against services karnataka scored 250 runs Indeed. in 20 overs Indeed. wow amazing so he's looking good as well wow. so india have you know coming back to this point indian mm-hmm. batting looks wonderfully good except for the misfiring uh, rishab pant let's not talk about him because rohit sharma does not want us to talk about him but apart from that i think uh, it looks good uh, the bowling is also very good um, so let's see how it goes from here look kevin since when do we do what rohit sharma says <laughs> but nonetheless i don't want to pour any more pressure on this youngster look you know they say the first season the season of discovery is always a great season and the second season when you are required to repeat it it's always going to be yeah. a problem so this part i would say is always going to be an issue most fast bowlers go through this phase and as a youngster who's made his breakthrough in the last year 2019 has been a bit difficult for shreyas iyer but knowing the talent that he has shown in the past he'll make a comeback he'll come back well with strong results on the field as well right have you also been through a similar phase in your career cricketing career well <laughs> i don't know really possibly i may have and it may have passed by me because i play in a club league and i take myself relatively seriously not too seriously <laughs> okay right? go on Look, I was a bit disappointed. Sanju Samson did not get a game. As as to where he would have fit in, I can give you an idea. So, mm-hmm. Shikhar Dhawan could have been rested in one of the three matches, and Sanju Samson could have been accommodated having Rahul open along with Rohit. Mm-hmm. Rohit probably is a skipper, so he can't be rested. But that was still an opportunity, and I actually see this to be the way Indian T20 teams may go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shikhar Dhawan does a very good job of holding the top of the innings together, you know, scoring at 100-105, uh, you know, strike rate. Mm-hmm. But given that there are three openers or four openers in those top four spots, Kohli also opens for RCB, right? So I think they can sort of they can sort of make do with one less opener there. Rohit Sharma is definitely nailed in. You will not want to touch his spot. So it will be either Shikhar Dhawan going away and making room in that eleven so that. Rahul can go up, Shreyas Iyer can play, and maybe Manish Pandey or Sanju Samson, somebody like this, bats ahead of Pant. I still back Pant to be the keeper, but if you have Sanju Samson batting, mm-hmm. you have one more option that you can play both Shreyas Iyer, Manish Pandey, mm-hmm. and Pant and Samson, and that that means Pant sits out. This mm-hmm. is another option where Sam Samson could have played. But well, look, I would say it it can come and go, but there's yeah. still there's still a big IPL yeah. in between mm-hmm. before the next T20 World Cup, right? Yeah. But I would say. all of these people will get another auditions or enough auditions because there is still a lot of mm-hmm. t20 international matches left for india right but i would think deepak chahar has probably booked his flight to australia do you think so giri or not uh, we still wait uh, for bumrah to come back uh, also bhuvi uh, i think mohammad shami will also feature at some point in time so you have three quicks uh, already and then you have khalil uh, and then and then you have deepak chahar so he he will be in the squad but i mm-hmm. i don't know if he'll play every match though so remains to be seen but he looks very good at the moment so he's operating at peak efficiency um and according to shoaib akhtar who mm-hmm. whose video i saw i mean i watch his videos on a regular basis this is also what he said he looks you know does he doesn't look very uh, fast but he has a lot of skills and he's a swing bowler he swings the ball uh, initially and now he's learned to bowl with the older ball as well as bowling the death overs as well so So he's doing well, yeah. So why not? Indeed, no, that's a crucial point. He's really improved his uh, finishing skills, and that's very crucial as far as India are concerned, right? Of course, um, when it comes to watching videos of Shreya Bakhtar, uh, is it a bit of Shadam Friday, Giri? Maybe that 
you are seeing him lament about pakistan cricket or you really enjoy his comments no i do i do he's uh, he seems very honest and he's very passionate uh and today there was one video that he posted with a lot of kids uh i think that he he records his videos sometimes from a cricket ground and today there was a lot of kids uh the and yeah he he was actually playing with a lot of kids and he 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 was telling that these kids are the future of pakistani cricket and uh, stuff like that it was good it was good i mean it's it's nice it's is uh yeah i think his his analysis is also quite good sometimes especially about fast bowling which is what i actually tune in to uh, see but uh, yeah <laughs> it's good fun i like it well i mean he, let me put it like this his commentary or his analysis is also as mercurial mercurial as his playing days it can be really good or really mediocre but uh, we will probably discuss this another time going on so if you because it's the same topic uh, i heard his video about uh, pakistan cricket's uh, recent t20i series against australia where mm. you know they uh, they subsided to a 3-0 whitewashing at the hands yeah. of australia right mm. so in the second match they came up with a creditable performance this was in canberra and 150 was a target set by pakistan that was very good it was on the back of a wonderful 62 by iftikhar ahmed right and a 50 by the captain babar azam who's who's been in wonderful form throughout this tour right and then sort of it was not going to be enough given the form once steven smith and warner have come back this is a different australian team this is a different beast right and these both have something to prove in front of their home crowd and this was their first assignment at home so it was always going to be a big deal and they made sure that was how it was going it was going to be because in this game um, even the warner had just made 20 smith played this blinder of an innings 80 of just 51 balls kiri i thought you saw a couple of uh, some uh, good shots there in that innings yeah that's right i mean Uh, I saw one of the shots he played. Uh, he played a shot on the up, off the back foot, uh, and he played a wonderful cover drive. Uh, that I think that's one of the most difficult shots already. If you are playing a cover drive off the back foot, I think you you will agree with that. Uh, but this was quite mercurial. Uh, this was amazing. You mm. you it was just hands, you know, flowing through. It's to watch. He has such good hands. I think uh, if and when he loses his hand eye coordination his career will be over. I think we have spoken about this sometime back as well. Uh, but amazing. Uh, what a talent man. What a talent. He, he it's it look I mean it seems like he never left cricket. Uh, he just took a holiday for one year and then now he's back uh, you know mm. playing mm. so well again. Uh, amazing. Wonderful talent. It's also this 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 sportsman working at his peak efficiency what you mentioned earlier because uh offer you were speaking about how kohli had played that uh, unbelievable yeah. flick to six off the back foot through middle get through a straight with a straight back or something like this you remember right it's again a sports person with all the parts working together and all those hours of practice putting the net suddenly coming out there and giving you that uh, mm. you know uh, that that magical shot or that magical ball but Uh, nothing to take away from smith i think he has come back with a vengeance yeah. because he has this point to prove and he's very serious about it right but you know when you look at the series it is pakistan's strongest sweet t20 and australia's weakest and i know that they are playing it in australia not in a neutral place or somewhere in dubai or somewhere but it's it's very strange to see that it was not at all a contest indeed it's a bit of a surprise that the first and the third matches in the series were routes which was not expected you know uh, given that pakistan are the number one t20 ranked team and probably their most consistent format across the last two years it was a bit of a disappointment so you know one felt a bit let down by the bowling performances specifically 
right? And there was a huge contrast, for example, in the performance of the spinners. So Ashton Agar probably was the best spinner on view in the series. And that's a big, uh, let's say, plus as far as Australia is concerned. And of course, um, though he did not play in the third ODI, in the two ODIs that he played, the leg spinner also did a good job as far as, you know, the Australian team is concerned. On the other hand, um, Shadab Khan was almost, uh, was not really a factor in the series, which came as a bit of a surprise. And also, uh, you know, if anything, Australia would be a bit, uh, you know, careful about the lower middle order and the middle order. They have a Maxwell-shaped hole there. So that's not an easy, let's say, a hole to fill in the T20, at least for me. So uh, let's see how that goes in the upcoming couple of days or in the upcoming couple of series as far as Australia is concerned. Sean Abbott made a comeback in the third uh, T20 and he was very good, right? And of course, the top five are doing really well. Top four, top five are doing really well. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, let's say, outlook from both the teams heading out after the series. Now, moving on, uh, if you were to quickly take a look at the ongoing, uh, you know, the women's uh, limited over series out in West Indies where uh, West Indian women are hosting the Indian women. So the third ODI, which happened at North Sound again in Antigua, was won by India comfortably, led by Mandana, right? And then in the T20I series that followed. So India, Indian women currently lead 2-0. But, you know, there was an interesting point in the first uh, T20I agree in the women's T20I. And did you maybe catch this? Uh, maybe caught a highlight or maybe saw part of it? Uh, no, not, not a lot. But I remember seeing the ODI series a little bit. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think this new teenage prospect uh, or protege that uh, the Indian women's cricket team has now uh, in uh, Shafali Verma, she's just 15 years old and she looks the, uh, you know, she looks the r- real deal at the moment. I think she she, she can score even faster than uh, Smriti Mandana. Um, so that's, uh, yeah. So coming up the ranks. That's quite something. And for a 15-year-old prodigy, I mean, she has a very uncomplicated style of batting. It almost reminds one of Sehwag or even Prithvi Shaw. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. See the ball, comfortable uh, technique, hit the ball through the line, com- confident batting. I would really be curious how she would fare against a slightly faster bowling attack and also on a bouncier pitch. Mm-hmm. But those are just things we'll have to see how she'll adapt. But she looked really comfortable, especially in the second T20I where India chased down a modest target without any wicket loss. She comfortably outscored Mandana, as you said, and, you know, was very destructive in the batting. That was very nice to see. So, who knows? We have probably found a talent that can serve the Indian women's cricket for a couple of decades to come. God willing. Right? Just like uh, Mithali Raj. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, moving on, um, there has been another T20 Day series, unsurprisingly. So, in this case, this is the New Zealand and England T20 Day series. So, this series also came to a conclusion in the interim between the two episodes. So, you know, the first two... Uh, had been completed and the teams were locked one all. But now England have taken the series 3-2 thanks to another super over victory over New Zealand in the 5th ODI, uh, 50-20 agree. Any chance you were able to catch some of it? No, but why am I surprised? Why am I surprised there was another super over between these two teams? <laughs> well, oh. at least, you know, uh, this one at least finished at the end of the super over. You know, it was mm. Chris Jackson <laughs> who was the difference between the two teams. You know, he made sure... Um, New Zealand could not chase down all the runs required and he made sure, you know, England came out with us comfortably at the end of the Super Bowl. This was in the fifth T20I, but in the fourth T20I, David Milan scored 100 and it was a very steep chase, but he made it look very easy as far as England were concerned and they chased that uh, total down comfortably. But in the third T20I, which was played in Nelson, 
it was a strange sort of a meltdown, an old school England meltdown, you know, where they lost 5 for 10 and they threw away a chase. It looked like it was going to be their game. But suddenly they lost 5 wickets in, in a clutch and that was that. The match was lost. So, but all in all, uh, considering that these, these are going to be preparations for both the teams for the next year's World Cup, uh, both the teams are in a good good position when you mm-hmm. look at it, right? Rostella looks very comfortable. Mm-hmm. They are also, New, New Zealand are also, also able to experiment with Colin Grantham moving up and down the order, right? One of the things they look to sort out is the opening position. So, Colin Munro isn't doing much. And also, their lower middle looks a bit thin. Uh, well, when Jimmy Nisham is fit, he adds something to it. But otherwise, you have Daryl Mitchell playing and it doesn't look like a very competitive lower middle order. Mm. Or basically, the mm. where you usually usually see Colin de Grandhom. But if he's pushed up the order, they have to make some... Uh, they have to think through who will be finishing their innings when it comes to batting, right? So, some interesting things. But England, England again look really good. As a limited or setup, Pawan Morgan has taken them to the next level. And come the T20I World Cup, I would be curious if they would still be the front runners again there. They're, they look like a good, well-drilled outfit and they have this winning mentality where they will not let go easily and they will make you fight hard even for the until the last run. There can be some odd bad days where they lose 5 for 10 like the third T20I, but normally they look very competent, this England team. So... I'm very, I'm very curious as to how they'll fare in the next year's World Cup. Period. Yeah, but I'm competition up, uh, especially from India. Uh, India are still building their team, of course, still one almost a year to go. Uh, but apart from that, I think, uh, yeah, it'll be fun again next year, uh, especially with Australia. I think the bigger grounds, um, so six hitting will not be so easy as it was uh, probably in England or in uh, New Zealand at the moment. So. Yeah, let's see how it goes. Indeed, indeed. So, but plenty of time left for that. And I think we'll follow both the teams through a few other T20A series. So, we will see how they shape up come the, you know, the World Cup. Also, you know, there was this uh, three-match uh, uh, one-day series between Afghanistan and West Indies. You know, this is one of those uh, series that uh, I'll try to summarize quickly, Gary. Right? So, Afghanistan lost the series 3-0. It came as a bit of a surprise. But, uh, you know, moving on, if you were to look at some of the interesting news off the cricketing field, Kiri, so it looks like Dhoni will be commentating on the India-Bangladesh day-night test. So, what do you think will be the first question that will be put to him? <laughs> oh, what should it be? I mean, <laughs> is it going to be something like, when are you going to retire? Oh, no, no, no. I was more like... Are you going to be a part of the Jharkhand under-23 team in the upcoming year? So that, you know, you know he's going to start training okay. with Jharkhand under-23 team next year, right? Okay, I didn't know that. So, that's that's quite some news. So, he's going to re, uh, restart his cricketing career from the youth ranks? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's going to grow his hair long probably, dye it black and go back to being the swashbuckler that we know Tony was at some uh, point in time. Well, yeah. outside of the jokes... It looks like he's slowly going to transition out of the playing field into the commentary box. And this is sort of his first couple of attempts at it. This is the way I look at it. I don't know if you see it in any other way. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there is a trend here. Uh, so, the firstly, he trained with the Indian Armed Forces. I think he tried that. Now, he's going to try his hand at commentating. And then what's it going to be after this? Uh, hmm. But anyway, I mean, let, let's come back to cricket. Uh, right. So the pink ball match between India and Bangladesh. What do you think? Uh, how is it going to be? Because I saw some, um, let's say, points made by Cheteshwar Pujara and also Ajinkya Raghane. Apparently, though, these two mm-hmm. guys have played in uh, Dulip Trophy with the same ball. Uh, 
uh, with a pink ball, of course. And according to Rahane, there is more sea movement with this pink ball. And at Eden Gardens, with a bit of dew, um, you know, late in the evening, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I think the first session, play play out the first session, you'll be fine for the next two sessions. It's going to be out of the window now because ball will behave differently all through the evening, late evening as well. So. Exactly. I think the third session is going to be the moving session, right? So it, it's going to be an interesting uh, way to approach cricket. Also, there is yeah. this new factor, what you already brought up. So will the ball hold up? Will the fast bowlers be equally comfortable, even though there'll be a heavy air so that you get to swing? But will the ball be in a good enough condition that it will swing? So yeah. all of these remain to be seen as far as I'm concerned. But usually we have found day-night tests are usually shorter in duration because what in a normal test is a good total of 300 or a 350, yeah. more is like 250 in a day-night yeah. test, right? A good innings. So it's going to be interesting. It's also the first one in India. So I'm very excited by it. And SG are going to make a special ball to accommodate yeah. some wishes we have discussed it in one of our previous episodes. So also maybe it's going to be a bit more resistant to the dew and it's going to hold up and it's going to swing nicely. Kidding. Yeah, I happened to watch this video very briefly. There was a small documentary uh, where, where somebody made a tour of the SG factory where they make all these cricket balls. Um, so they showed how they made this new pink ball. Uh, the ones with, uh, in, I think, Dulip Trophy, uh, they were not SG balls. So people who said those balls were not good, those pink balls were not good, I think that's not fair because they were not SG balls. And SG balls being being tried out um, at Eden Gardens, it's going to be something else because I think in the Southern Hemisphere, when they first played this day-nighter, I think it was with a pink kookaburra, uh, right? Mm-hmm. So... And mm-hmm. this guy, I think this uh, managing director of SG, he made a point that you know all the points that uh, Indian cricket team make after a test match, like they did after the South African series, uh, like you know balls should last longer, more than fifty overs, and so on and so forth. And they're working working really hard on uh, you know achieving that. So they'll make the leather more durable, and you know, there'll be more life left in it. The seam will still be pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, for a longer duration so the bowlers are still in the game so these things are being kept in mind when they're preparing these when they're manufacturing these uh, um, pink balls but pink balls really look very nice I think they're more visible it's it's a very good addition to the game I really like that I agree so I've actually played with the pink ball a couple of times Mm -hmm. so as far as as far as its performance is concerned uh, I did notice that it swings a bit more Right, okay. so the pink ball with the dark scene is is it, it also has a slightly higher visibility. Mm-hmm. And sometimes here when we play the late night T20s, mm-hmm. we also used to have a pink ball, and it, it's it's slightly larger. I felt I don't know maybe it was my my personal feeling, but I felt it was slightly larger. But as a spinner, you you have no problems with it. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're good to go. This is what I saw, and there's definitely more swing in the air. Mm. So it's going to be an interesting contest if you're a batsman for sure. Was that a kookaburra you played with or uh, Dukes? It was a pink kookaburra. So, yeah, I think it's going to be overall a very interesting test. And let's really hope, you know, uh, even in that case, India are able to adapt well. And I heard that there's a lot of practice going on between matches in NCA with the pink ball late under nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. Under the lights. So it's going to be interesting. So now, uh, moving on. If you were to look at uh, the other news coming out of IPL, you know, uh, it looks like the IPL uh, organizers are trying to steal some headlines back from their ECB counterparts from the 100 giving. 
yeah so the power player was the first point they made mm. made a few days ago uh, and then now they're talking about having a special umpire an extra umpire for spotting no balls line no balls mm. especially uh, so <laughs> yeah i don't know where they're going with this but uh, they're trying to make it more exciting and more le- i mean say error free let's say i think this is one of those i think no balls should be spotted by the on field umpire mm. but let's see how it goes i think it's it's not so bad i mean it's not so bad anyway well uh, if uh, fine i think they have the manpower as well as the uh, you know the money power to employ another umpire this is not going to be a problem especially if it's if it's going to be a video assist right so the other thing is if you remember in one of our very first recorded episodes i had mentioned that it could be that sometime down the line like a tennis like you hear a big beep when it's on a ball like how the in tennis you hear a big beep when the ball lands outside the court mm-hmm. or lands outside the box when you're serving it it could be like that and then this third umpire or a fourth umpire who is needs to adjudicate the no balls can be taken out and it can be automated mm-hmm. right something that we might still revisit but as far as this vcci innovation is concerned well it's it's a, it's a welcome addition considering that in the previous instances of vcci uh, ipl there were some some talk about uh, no balls not getting spotted and teams losing some matches well rcb will complain mm-hmm. for sure but it was rcb <laughs> right but nonetheless um if you if you if you look at uh, the three um, well one of the other things that pcca also missed is that it looks like now the power player might not be introducing the 2020 ipl simply because they don't find there is enough time to prepare mm-hmm. for this that's the that's one of the press sayings that they have or the press uh, that we heard from pcca so i'm really curious how they are going to manage this in the upcoming uh, season it looks like there might be no power player but instead there will only be maybe the uh, you know uh, this fourth umpire so something something to for us to really mm-hmm. keep our eyes on right uh, going forward in a bit of not so nice news it looks like the number of people arrested by the uh, ccb that is the crime branch with the uh, with the uh, betting uh, ring that's going on in the karnataka premier league has gone up to 8 and there are two very unfortunate additions to this list well there is one bookie called sayam who's been arrested or the alleged bookie let's not call him a bookie but this guy has been arrested and he's the second bookie who's been arrested with respect to this case but, but two karnataka players muralidharan um, gautam cm gautam uh, right he was at some point in time four or five years ago mm-hmm. so he was on the cusp of india selection because he was already representing india and other teams right and a spinner called abrar kazi these two have been arrested uh, both of them Uh, are in fact kazi has just recently this year or last year shifted to another team in ranji but both of them represented karnataka in ranji they have won multiple titles with karnataka so this is a bit of a shame but we really hope they were just arrested with respect to some doubts and not that they actually took part in some betting right but uh, we really hope you know uh, it looks like the uh, anti corruption unit of bcci had already warned kpl organizers that this might come to pass and unfortunately it has so i really hope this cleans up the game as far as kpl is concerned and it can go ahead in its true purpose of identifying you know talent from the smaller parts of karnataka right going ahead there are some other uh, some other interesting press releases put out by bccai or some rumors at least because we hear that you know some of the lodha reform recommendations might be put aside or might be set aside because the newly elected bccai governing body led by ganguly and uh, the treasurer jayesha they have made a bunch of recommendations which might sort of supersede the 
um, recommendations that were made by Justice Lodha. Giri, did you get a chance to follow this news? Um, only that there were some comments made by uh, some people saying mm-hmm. that you're basically, you know, undermining the role of Supreme Court here. Right. So that's the only thing I read. Well, anyway, uh, look, if you look at those, uh, some of those individual points, it's about the number of uh, people or the majority that's required for the board's general body to uh, make a final decision. How many state association people need to be there? What is the BCCA viewpoint? What was the constitution which was made by Loda recommendations? All of these are somewhat. So I see some 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 older players like Srinivasan and his um, his cabal sort of trying to get in. Also, we see that the number of uh, years that uh, you know uh, a functionary holds, and then after that, after six years, he is not eligible anymore. Maybe they are trying to make this go away so that Ganguly can stay in power for longer. We don't know, right? Also, the amount of power the BCCI secretary usually has. It used to be quite a lot when Niranjan Shah was the secretary. We know this. But a lot of checks and balances had been put in place. But it looks like some of those powers are trying to be reinstated. Right? Also, the disqualification criteria for when a person can be disqualified to be the office bearer. So, there's a lot of uh, other things. So, again, this is an age. So, 70 years, they said, should be the cutoff. But again, some... Some other people belonging to certain cabals want to get in because they've probably already crossed 70. These things are trying to be put aside. Also, whether this person is involved in as a government official, is a government minister or a government servant, maybe if he holds public office, he can't be a part. All these things, they're trying to negotiate these things through. So effectively, it looks like, you know, it looks like it's the old gang trying to make a comeback, trying to set aside some of those. Uh, we don't know if, if they would have made really a big difference and we really don't know if these other changes will come through. But still looks like this is the old hmm. old institution trying to take up reins again in the BCCI. Yeah, different factions and their brands, you know, politics, endorsements, these kinds of things keep happening yeah, at a higher level. So, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, we really hope, you know, the, the good that came off the Lotha reforms be really retained. Even if it means somebody like Ganguly not being able to hold office beyond a certain point and having to wait for a cool-off period, right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes... Rules are bigger than the man. At least that's how it should be. Don't you think so? Yeah, that's debatable. That is debatable. (laughs) Right. All right. Moving on. In another interesting move, the Sri Lankan cricket, uh, or let's say at least the Sri Lankan Ministry of Sport, has proposed a bill. And uh, this bill aims to criminalize any act related to match fixing or betting. Right. So anybody who takes part in match fixing, anybody who aids and abets, anybody who introduces people uh, to other people who can do match fixing. Right. Uh, Also curators, also people who might sort of get away by trying to omit some approaches. All of these people will now be culpable and they might be punishable by an actual sentence in a jail. So this is the it's a very wide law. And um, the former president of SLC, uh, Tilanga Sumatipala, tried to fight it a little. He was very keen for the bill to go through, but he wanted some amendments there, which were probably not, which were probably not accepted. Because one of the champions of this bill is a certain cabinet minister in the Sri Lankan government currently called Arjuna Ranatunga. Kiri, does the name ring a bell? Probably. Uh, actually, I seem to have forgotten him. Thanks for uh, refreshing my memory. Wasn't he the guy who won Sri Lanka's World Cup in uh, 1996? <laughs> Indeed. And quite a polarizing character. Indeed. Well, the guy who loved walking singles. Yeah. He used to have some interesting uh, arguments with a certain Shane Warren. And of course, 
he was also very famous for walking singles and whatnot and also walking off the pitch oh yeah 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 no this guy this guy uh, is one of the people really all in when it comes to this bill so he that it has been passed as a law but it's not yet coming to force because there are some other formalities left but that's how it's been portrayed that this will become law so this would be the first south asian country to pass a law that will make anybody taking part in any such betting or match fixing activity be punishable in their own courts mm. you know when in the previous such instance this happened they were found in a court of law somewhere in england to be guilty and they were given a custodial sentence if this happens really other south asian boards could follow suit and this could really put the fear of you know the rules into the people who actually play the sport as well as govern the sport and you know uh, who play around for example the curators and other people right so it's it's i i see it as a really really positive move and i really hope other south asian boards are watching this carefully and maybe can learn a thing or two from that right kiri yeah absolutely i think it's a good move if it happens um we know you know mm-hmm. cricket uh, the game is bigger than anybody or any person any any entity any organization so we have to protect the interests of the game we have to protect the integrity of the players involved in the game and i think this also provides a kind of a uh, you know a safety blanket for everybody um playing the game so i think it it will be good if it happens worldwide uh, but yeah that remains to be seen indeed now then moving on to the trivia section so if you were to look at trivia question from the previous episode the question was if you were to take a cut off of 100 t20 matches which skipper has the best win percentage so i'm not referring to the uh, international t20 matches but all t20 matches so there is a surprising answer to this question giri so our uh, regular uh, listener and uh, you know supporter uh, yogesh has come through with the answer so the answer is sarfraz ahmed he is the one that has the highest win loss percentage 68.93 actually so it's more like 69% right he has captained his t20 teams in 104 games this team includes pakistan pakistan international airlines quetta gladiators karachi dolphins karachi regions blues and so on and so on and he has a highest win percentage um dhoni has a win percentage of 60.29 right shoaib malik has a win percentage of 65.62 and rajat sharma uh, rohit sharma sorry has a win percentage of 62.2 these are the other people comprising the top 5 right uh, so it was interesting that again it sort of puts into limelight again the interesting choice that pakistan cricket board made to not even include sarfraz ahmed in the team but moving on the trivia question from this episode is you know we have witnessed a few hat tricks recently so the question is who is the first indian to take a t20 international hat trick right who is the first indian to take a t20 international hat trick So we've had some dis- interesting discussion about this on Twitter and so on. So if you've been following that, you probably know the answer, right? So this is a red herring. So you have to be very careful. So you can get in touch with us to give us the answer uh, either through social media, for example, you can write to us on Twitter at Amchar Cricket Pod or using our Facebook page, or you could write into us at Amchar Dot Cricket at Gmail Dot Com. Also, you could leave it as a comment to whichever you know podcasting app that you use, for example, Apple Podcasts. or uh podbean or castbox or acast or any of these right also if you have any thoughts that you want to share with us we would very much like to um, we would very much like to listen to that so do write into us and let us know and any thoughts that you would like to share with us will always give us a bit of a feeling so you are always welcome to do that so with such a lot of cricket coming up the india bangladesh test series coming up the india the australia pakistan 
tests coming up and so on there's plenty of cricket to look forward to right so we hope all our listeners are continuing to stay tuned in to our upcoming episodes as well having said all that it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye you're listening to the armchair cricket podcast 